Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sportsers, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 535. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're going to talk football tonight. We're in week two of the 2023 season is in the books. We're heading into week three. Did I think? Yeah, week two, week three. Week three is coming up. It's going to be a barn burner. We've got two undefeated teams going head-to-head on Thursday night. That's not going to be too big of a shocker, but we'll see what happens and uh, carry on doing things. What's pissed me off this week? I'll tell you what pissed me off this week is the league, CFL, CFL.ca specifically, okay? We used to be able to go and look at stats from a plethora of different years. Now we can, lucky if we can get the stats for this year. We used to be able to look at the standings from any year to find out where somebody placed in 2019 or 2006. We can't do that anymore. That's gone. We used to be able to look at the schedule so that we could check the scores of specific games in, in, in different years straight across the board. We cannot do that anymore. So if you have a question about the Western Final in 2015, you can't look it up anymore. It used to be a passable website so that we could at least look for some things. It wasn't good enough. Granted, there was many things that it could have done better, but they have gone backwards so poorly. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And they've been bragging about all these um, strategic alliances with all these uh, amazing companies that know how to do all of this marketing and stats and everything else. And I'll tell you, they're fucking the dog on it. It's terrible. It's absolutely god-awful. I don't know what to say. I mean, it's totally useless. There's no point in going to CFL.ca anymore. Zero. There's nothing good there. It's terrible. It's literally a junk website right now. They've lost their app. It went away before COVID, and now they don't have a website. This, this league is so antiquated in its thought process. I, I can't get over it. It's just it's it's one of those things that's just pissing me off. And so be it. Hey, um, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do about it? I don't know. Is there any other website out there that is doing better that we can go and find these stats? Shit, I'm tempted to build my own website, but I, where would I get all this data and information? It's been lost now. We can't just download it because it's gone. Oh, I'm, it, it's so pathetic. Anyhow. I put up a post today, and um, let's talk CFL. And this is another one that just happens to just piss me off because it, it, I found it over on, on, on Bomber's Chatter, which, it, you know, it's not a bad web, uh, Facebook group. I kind of hang out there and look at things and, 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 and bug the Bomber fans because it's kind of fun, and I can do that. And even though Don Pohl gets all pissed off about things and everything else, we kind of keep going. And anyhow, one of the things that was there, it was this big blue bomber uh, meme, right? Blue and double blue, or blue and white and gold and everything else on it. And it says 
The Winnipeg Blue Bombers linebacker Adam Big Hill was fined for a high hit on Saskatchewan Rough Riders quarterback Shea Patterson. Big Hill recorded five defensive tackles in his team's 45-27 victory over the Riders. The 34-year-old is a six-time CFL All-Star and three-time CFL Most Outstanding Player. What the fuck has this got to do with anything? It's so ridiculous. The guy gets fined for a high hit, an illegal hit, on a quarterback in the CFL, which is a serious offense. Now, I know Adam Big Hill personally, and I, I know his father and his wife, and, and you know, I, I don't, Adam's not a bad guy. He's a super nice guy off the field. He's a nice guy. He's a great player. He's not a dirty player. I've never said anything about him being a dirty player, but he got fined for a high hit. It's football. It happens. Shit happens. It's no big deal. Take the fine. Move on. Okay? Last week, there was like six or seven players that got fined. It's not a big deal. It's just part of the game. Okay? But this just had to go on and, and, and praise Adam Big Hill of how wonderful he was in that game, how wonderful the Bombers are, how, how he's helping the Bombers in, in the season, how this six-time CFL All-Star and three-time most outstanding defensive player it's, it's just like they're trying to sugarcoat and whitewash the fact that he got fined for a high hit. Cares that he got hit for a high hit. But you've made this absolutely ridiculous about not taking ownership and responsibility for the penalty. I mean, hey, you got a penalty. What's the big deal? It's football. Shit happens. If you don't get penalties, then you might, we might as well have girls playing the game. Okay? No, it's, it's, it's a tough sport, and shit happens. And it's a contact sport, and people are going to hit. And sometimes those hits are going to be high. Sometimes those hits are going to be low. Sometimes those hits are from behind. Shit happens. The hit is irrelevant. I don't care that he hit the quarterback. I, I do care. I, you don't want to take cheap shots at a quarterback. But I'm sure it was unintentional. There was no malice. That's not who Adam Big Hill is. Okay? So we know that. He doesn't play on the edge. He's just a fast motherfucker that just runs around the field like a little beaver and just gets shit done. Okay, um, and I, I have no problems with Adam. He's a great guy. But why do you have to go off and put all these stats and, and, and try to make him look like a hero and undershadow the concept that he got fined? Who cares if he got fined? But you guys just have made it absolutely ridiculous. Now, I'm not saying you guys as in Bomber, uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers or Bomber fans or whoever wrote this, I don't care, but they, it's brought out in the blue and gold it's obviously something to do with the bombers maybe not the organization itself maybe it's a fan base i don't know but they're proud of this in in this concept and i just think it's so stupid they're not taking ownership for it it's it's just like they're becoming riders and and like i said blue is the new green I, i i honestly believe that that's true winnipeg blue bomber fans are acting like saskatchewan rough rider fans and it's just like, oh, my God, my shit doesn't stink. And everything I do is wonderful. And, oh, my God, we're, we're, we're the best in the league. And, and, and you may be. But who cares? It's just a game. Get over yourself. I don't know. It's, it's just absolutely the most ridiculous thing that I've seen. I can't believe they did this. And then I cannot believe the amount of Blue Bomber fans, 66 comments so far on my post, about how Blue Bomber fans are trying to defend this, defend Adam Big Hill on this hit. I don't care. It gets irrelevant. I said that. It doesn't matter. Shit, it's a football play. We forgot about it five minutes after it happened. It's not a big deal. Nobody got hurt, okay? 
So, but, oh, my God, these guys are going nuts because I pointed out how ridiculous this headline is. And uh, I stand by it. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. And if you're talking about the hit and how Adam's not a bad guy, then you've missed the entire fucking point. Completely missed it. Okay, anyhow, um, I'm done with that one. Let's, let's talk some football. We had some good games that we talked about, and let's um, we need to talk about because there were some great games last weekend. There was some bad games last weekend. I really wasn't impressed with the BC Lions game. They won, but big deal. We're going to talk about them all. Okay, so I'm going to open up the mic. The mics are open straight across the board here. Uh, Charles, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? Hello. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty damn wonderful. That's I'm good. Roll. It certainly sounded like it, yeah. But, it, I mean, I thought no, what you not. said on most things were pretty much fair. I can't really disagree with pretty much anything you said. Because I did go back and read that article, and I was just like, uh, it's almost like the whole purpose of the article was to announce that Adam Bakehill got fined. But when you read the article, it yeah. really seemed like they treated it as an afterthought. Yeah, well, they were trying to... They're trying to, uh, hey, look at this shiny object up here. Yeah, no, I, I understand what you say. What? Uh, and, and the amount of people that cannot grasp the contest, contest yeah. it just boggles the mind. It's just like, oh, my God. It just, I, you know, I lived in Saskatchewan for, for two years, and I am really not impressed with the educational system in Saskatchewan when I was there. And I, I, I really think the prairie-wide thing, I'm not sure. Oh, my God, this is insulting. Okay, let's move on. Uh, never mind. Okay. Uh, Will, welcome to the show, now that I just dissed that. How you doing? You didn't, you didn't make fun of the educational system in Saskatchewan, did you? Oh, my God. Well, I was basically you know was saying I don't think it's much different in the Saskatchewan and Winnipeg and Manitoba one. You know what? I I like I like Adam Big Hill. Do you know why I like Adam Big Hill? He's a good player. He goes and gets the job. Well, he's a good player, yes, but he reminds me of a fat garden gnome. Okay, he's got that <laughs> cute fat little fucking. He's got that cute little cute little fucking hair thing that comes out of the top of his head. It's a ponytail or something. I don't fucking know what it is. He reminds me of a fat garden yeah, gnome. It's that simple. That's all I can say. Yeah. Anyway, He's 34 years I, old. It's time for him to grow up and cut his hair properly. I, I, I didn't. I did, don't disagree with anything you said, but you know what? It's water under the bridge. It's not a big deal. Go ahead. Yeah. No, it's it's not. But I, I just think it's hilarious how big a deal people are making it. And, and you do know I poke shit on the on the Facebook group just to cause controversy, right? No. <laughs> it's not that I really care. I'm just trying to get some interaction going on. And then everybody starts dissing the Lions. I mean, I don't understand what the Lions have to do with this. I don't see a lion anywhere in this article. There's nothing about the Lions. They diss the Lions because you're a Lions fan. It's because you're a Lions fan. Obviously. But it's got nothing to do with me being a Lions fan. It's got me to being a an admin or uh, or somebody who's posting an article about 
the CFL. So if I post an article between the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Toronto Argonauts and the game that goes on and I make a comment about the game that's going on, how do the Lions get dragged into this? I don't understand. It's called I, I don't. People, it's called it's called people are simple. Okay? It's that simple. Goes back to that education system I was talking about. Nothing to do with education. People are simple. No matter how or just lack thereof. Right. Some people are, yeah. Some people are very complex. Have you ever met a woman? Okay. Um, Rudy, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? All right. Um, I couldn't be bothered for the the uh, to uh, comment on the Adam Bakehall stuff. Like he got fined, big deal. Like I I don't care. It's like it's, guys get fined, like you said, every week. Like move on. And the, the article didn't even like I didn't even read it. I don't even like I glossed over it, and it was not worth getting into uh, a fight on that one because it was like it's a non-event. He got fined, and let's like you said, move on to the next week. I don't know. Why people are getting fired up? Exactly. <laughs> like, like I just like, How don't do you write an it, article ending them? Hmm. Yeah, to make I them mean, look wonderful. Who wrote it? You know. Okay. That could go a long way. <laughs> you know. So. So let's let's. Uh, and I mean, Bomber I go over here. Go ahead. You might as well talk and look at. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, and Bomber fans, they, a lot of them know that you're a BC Lions fan, so they're gonna, they think you're taking a shot at them, so they're going to come back at you with the BC Lions. And it's the Internet. Like, what do you expect? It's Facebook. I mean, that's kind of the way it goes. And some, most of it, most of it's good-natured, but some people get a bit fired up sometimes and take it too far. <clears throat> But, Rudy, uh, or uh, Sparky, you're fucking me up here. You're not sending me the things to my Facebook, my Messenger account like you're supposed to. You, you, you send some of it and not all of it. So now I have to go back and try to find it in the Let's Talk chat. You messed me up here, Sparky. I just want me to know that, okay? Okay? Send it to Christopher. Okay. Um, let's talk about week two games, okay? The first game up was uh, Thursday night, and it was the Calgary Stampeders into Ottawa to play the Red Blacks. And I honestly thought that the Red Blacks were going to be a fairly decent team this year. In fact, I picked them for the winning the uh, Eastern Division, and I'm not too proud to you know, not to admit that. So you know, it's uh, but they're just not doing really well. Nick Arbuckle is not a quarterback. I I just I don't I don't get it. He's just I thought he was better than he is, and he's just not. Is it a confidence issue? Is it just lack of skill? Is it what is? Is Ottawa really that bad of a team? Did they not improve? Did they not get a better coach? Did they not? Are they going to pick a corner? I don't know, but Ottawa just sucked in this game. It, it, mm-hmm. it was just, it was a stoose fest. It's not a good team, and, and, and it, it just, man, terrible. I don't know. Uh, Willie, go ahead and talk about these guys, William. Calgary Stampeders. You know what? Red Black. You know what? You know what? It it was kind of a yep. dull game. Let's face it; it wasn't overly yeah. exciting. But it was. But it was football. But it was football. So, um, 
you know what? I talking I to your mic. I am talking into my mic. Is there a problem? Hello. I can hear you fine. Hello. I hear you fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um. Anyways, can I talk now? You're not going to interrupt me, Christopher. We're all good. We're good. Yeah. Keep. Okay. Anyways. Okay, so Ottawa was Ottawa. Um, I did have higher expectations for Ottawa. I've always had higher expectations for Nick Arbuckle. But you know what? Expectations kind of suck right now because they're not a very good football team. Um, As far as Calgary goes, well, they won the game. Um, They played... Okay, their offense, I thought, played better than they did against BC. Jake Mayer looked a little more comfortable. Their defense was, their defensive line really still had no push, but they looked a little better. And I thought their defensive backfield played better. And I don't think they missed a beat because Dean Carey wasn't there. And the most important stat of all, they won the game. Two points, they're one and one, let's leave it at that. What right. can I say? Now, you're saying that everybody looked, the defensive backs looked better and the D-line looked better and everybody looked better. Was it Did they look better because they were playing Ottawa and not BC? Or do you think I they guess, actually improved? I guess, I, I guess we'll be able to tell on this Saturday because they're playing a much better team than they did last week. Okay? And yes, they, I can't yeah, believe are. I'm calling... I'm calling Saskatchewan a much better team, but let's see what happens. I mean, they still let's be honest. Ottawa. They are a better team than Ottawa. Well, I, I would hope so, but they're always a better team than Ottawa. But, you know, I mean, I, I, all I ever look for from the Stampeders is to improve every week. Did they improve last week against the team they were playing? Yes, they did. So, okay, you know. And, and and we'll get into this eventually, but I'm still thinking Jake Mayer looks better than Bo Levi. So, bonus. So I can say. That's not a compliment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not particularly, but... <laughs> no, it's not. Rudy, 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 this game here. <laughs> Where Calgary Stampeders into Ottawa. Very disappointed in Ottawa's performance at home. You know, I like that was a perfect opportunity to get a win and uh, get this season off to a better start than last season, where they started. Uh, they had some tough losses early, but uh, they weren't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where they're going to go from here. And uh, as for Calgary, yeah, I mean, Mayor had over 200 yards passing, so we got to give him credit. You know, went on the road and got a win, so good for Calgary. And uh, I think this week against Saskatchewan, you'll, I think you'll see uh, another good game, big game actually. You'll get a sense of where Calgary's at. I think after this game this weekend. Okay, Charles, Charles, come on in here and talk to us about this Calgary game. Or Ottawa, or both. Let's let's talk about both teams. 
Yeah, every year it seems like Ottawa goes out, they sign a bunch of free agents, they sign guys that should improve them, and then we get to the season and nothing seems to improve. It's really, really strange. Uh, I thought Ottawa was going to be a much improved team, maybe the most improved team in the CFL this year. And it's just been more of the same. And they they weren't even particularly competitive in this one against Calgary. And that that's a problem. And, you know, I was um, – one guy that I was cheering for was Bob Dice. I like Bob Dice, and I was hoping he was going to do well as a head coach. But, uh, I mean, it's still early, but is this one of the uh, – uh, situations where, um, you know, there's a guy that's a better coordinator, an assistant coach, and he is a head coach. I mean, it's only been two games, so I think we've got to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I think we've got to see more than a sample size. But, boy, it's it's been not a good first two games uh, for this team. Uh, Calgary, certainly, they looked better than they did against PC a week before. But they got to be... Um, I still think they got to be better. I mean, they, they've looked all right playing against Calgary, but um, playing um, – or, sorry, against Ottawa. But playing a better team, they may not have looked as good. So I think, like like Will said, they're playing a better team this week. So I think we got to see what they look like this week when they're playing uh, – is it Saskatchewan this week? So, yeah, we we got to see that before we make a judge on there. Yeah, a um, couple of things. I don't think we can really pick on Bob Dice at all for this at this point in time because he did no, it's a little not early. get into the season. It, well, not even that. He's not even gone. He doesn't have his quarterback of choice. Okay? He, he's, he's running on a second-string quarterback because his number one quarterback is not ready to play this season. Okay? And we don't even know if Jeremiah Mazzoli is going to be ready to play at all this year. So I'm kind of disappointed with management not going out and trying to find some better quarterbacks for Ottawa. Okay? Yeah, the same can't be said with Chris Jones at Edmonton. He actually chose Taylor Cornelius. Okay? And so, but both of these teams that I thought were going to be grossly improved this year, tremendously improved, are both failing because of the quarterback position. Not saying that the rest of the team is, is wonderful and awesome and, and firing on all eight cylinders. I'm just saying that if you've got a good quarterback and he's out making plays, it makes the entire team better. Offense is staying on the, team, on the field longer. Defense is off the field. They get a rest. They get to be able to go back out there refreshed and, and, and get to you know, play hard. But when your offense is two and out, two and out, two and out, three and two and kick, your defense just gets beat up. Teams are going to lose, and they're going to lose big. And we're going to blame the entire team because the whole team sucked because look at, oh, look at those defensive stats. Well, yeah, but they're tired. They're poor bubbles. They're half dead. So, anyhow, they're half dead, exactly. So, I'm not picking on Ottawa. I'm not picking on Edmonton right now in the aspect of things, but – I mean, Chris Jones should know better with his quarterback, but he's not an offensive guy. Bob Dice doesn't have the quarterback that he wanted, okay, that he or deserved. Um, but, you know, Nick Arbuckle's not it. Who's next? You know, what if Jeremiah Mazzoli's not ready? I haven't heard anything about him coming back. Uh, we, we, we heard that he was going to miss the first two, two weeks, 
but he hasn't even had any form of training camp. He hasn't done anything on the field since his injury. There's no, okay, well, let's see how we do. Let's see how we get better. Let's see whatever we do. He's just, he's not practicing. You can't just throw him into the season without training camp, without uh, preseason games for everything else. He's going to suck until Labor Day if he gets better at all. And that's if he even hits the field again. We don't even know if he's capable of playing football anymore. When that happened, I said this is a career-ending injury for him. At his age, he's not coming back. And right now, he's not proving me wrong. So I, I think it's hard to pick on Bob Dice right now. I, I just do. I, I like the guy. I, I, I wish him success in Ottawa. I wish success for Ottawa. I'm just not seeing it. Nobody's seeing it right now. Okay, so i got to go find my Sparky thing now because I will use the big fingers. Was it your big fingers or something that hung up on us, Will, or what's going on? Yes, yes, sir, it was. Sorry. It was, eh? I, I, I saw that you had talked and I went and found you without you saying anything. No, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I was on the ball here. I got three screens up on, on right now. It's kind of working. Um, okay. Uh, do, 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 do. Where am I here? Okay, so the final score was 26 to 15 for the Calgary Stampeders over the Ottawa Red Blacks. That's a total of 41 points. Charles, you picked Calgary. You got 140 points for this game. Good job, buddy. Uh, Will, yep. you uh, picked Calgary as well. You got 130 points. CJ got 128. That's pretty close to Will there. And Rudy picked up 32. You actually picked Ottawa to win. That was bizarre, but okay. We'll let you, we'll let you do that. Uh, week two was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and or uh, the second game in week two was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in Saskatchewan to play Regina, or in Regina to play Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And this game went about the way that we all expected it to, although it wasn't a bad game. Saskatchewan didn't play too bad. Trevor Harris didn't play too bad. It, it, he played a, a very respectable game, and I was a lot more impressed with the way that the Riders overall played. I called them to be a, the, the tailspin of the league, and uh, they're not going to be. They're going to be in the middle. They're going to be a mediocre to middle of maybe 500 team, maybe not. I don't know. But uh, it was a good game. Winnipeg went out and played football, and so did Saskatchewan, and it was entertaining. It can't, can't say anything bad about it. So, uh, Rudy, you take this one away. You're the Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan. You talk about your game and try not to be too big of a homer. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I, I thought Saskatchewan played uh, played hard, and they kept it close. They had they had the lead uh, early on. Um, you know what? It's never easy to win in Saskatchewan. So, uh you know, Winnipeg did what they have to do, and they, uh, they had a big punt return for a, a TD that kind of swung the momentum and kind of put Saskatchewan away. And uh, you know what? I think Saskatchewan's going to get better. I think Labor Day, they maybe if they're ever going to break the uh, the losing streak against the Bombers, it might be this Labor Day. Uh, eventually, they have to win one of these. And uh, but Winnipeg, just too much. Too much on, on, on offense. They have so many weapons right now, without Lawler even. And even What's if that funny little, noise? Is hurt. I don't know what that is. That's not for me. It's for me, doorbell. 
But what? Isn't Winnipeg right now? Winnipeg is, is uh, far ahead of uh, – they're too far ahead of most of the teams right now, but that's not to say that teams can't catch up. And it only matters what happens in November. That's so. exactly right. Long season. And, and I'm not, I'm not so giving any, for... anybody success against Winnipeg until Labor Day. Yeah, I can see that. And I don't honestly, I don't get excited about the early games. Yeah, they're fun to watch, but it doesn't mean nothing. Like, what does it? What does it matter? Do you think like the 2001 Bombers are excited about? Yeah, yeah, you still need the points in the standings. They're just yes. Yeah, but you know, Winnipeg's going to be there this week as it is in the last week. Yeah, but it was like the decade of 2010 to 2019. The Stampeders were going to be in the playoffs. Basically, the fans are waiting for November to roll around and, and then, you know, get down to business and see how they do in the playoffs. Because you knew their team was, was that good, they were going to be there. And then you got to just hope, you know, the one-game shots work out in your favor and you don't get any bad luck or you don't <clears throat> pick, a bad, pick a bad day to have a bad game. So... That's about it. Yeah. Okay, Charles. Charles, you go ahead on this one. To be very fair, I thought Saskatchewan really held their own for quite a bit in this game. I mean, the Bombers pulled away in the end, but it, it was a fairly close game for a large majority of the game. I was actually surprised the way they um, they battled in this one, and I got to give them credit for doing it. Um, the, I think the talent won out in the end. The better team won. Um, so, good on them. I mean, it wasn't a blowout or anything, but like Rudy said, a lot of these games are really, I mean, we're still almost in glorified preseason. I mean, we're coming out of that now, but the first two weeks of the season, teams are still trying to find themselves. So, obviously, these count in the standings, but teams are still getting their sea legs underneath them. So, um... But Winnipeg's got the advantage because they've got most of their players have been around for five years. So they've kept their core together. While a lot of these other teams are having turnovers and trying to uh, to get uh, get into sync and so on still. So I didn't think it was a bad game. I actually was, thought it was a pretty entertaining game, all that being said. Like I said, Saskatchewan held their own, but in the end, uh, the more talented team won. So, And I don't have any problem with that. No, exactly. And, and, you know, I honestly believe that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers really have their shit together and they're playing good football as a team. And there's nothing the matter with that. I just think that they, they got a head start on everybody else because they, were, they kept their nucleus so intact. And so... I don't think Winnipeg is going to get all that much better as the season progresses, where I think other teams are going to slowly improve, and and some of them are going to improve greatly. I'm not naming any teams at all, but I think some some teams are really going to get their shit together and and, and become a better better team. I'm really hoping Edmonton and Ottawa do that, okay? I really am. Uh, And uh, right now they're complete train wrecks, and they have the most to gain. And I, I think all teams right across the board are going to improve over the season. I just don't think the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have that much more to improve on. I think they're a very well-oiled machine and moving correctly in the right direction at this point in time. William, 
Yeah. You know what? Um, as far as a football fan and watching a game, that game was very entertaining. Mm-hmm. There was lots of scoring. There was. There was lots of, there was lots of drama. Okay. There was, there was, there was coaches calls that, that they said were, were like, they, they, the, the, what's the name, Mike O'Shake ball on that kick return. I mean, that was fantastic. Okay. Um, and I'm surprised he won it because because they don't usually overturn. But they said on the game that night that they looked at every single block on the field, which which the guys in Toronto have that ability to do, and they overturned it, which was pretty cool. Um, it was. You know what? Trevor I it was Harrison, a really well officiated game. Yeah, it was not bad. I so, agree. And I've said all along. I said all along. Saskatchewan would be better because they have a real quarterback now, and he showed that the other night. But yeah. we haven't seen we haven't seen bad Trevor Harris yet, Mister Mister Inconsistency. Don't worry, he's coming because he's always there. Okay, so and of course I am hoping this Saturday afternoon Mister Inconsistency comes to Calgary. Because if he doesn't, they may blow Calgary out. You never know. And I fucking hate when Saskatchewan comes to town and blows Calgary out. It really bothers me. Yeah. So, but and, and, yeah, and no, it, it uh, should. It, it would bother me. Obviously, obviously, as as the last three or four years, Winnipeg is the class of the league, and nobody is close to them right now. And Saskatchewan looks like they got some go, but I still I still don't think Saskatchewan believes in themselves yet. And also remember that the two guys who kept on catching passes from Winnipeg or from from uh, Saskatchewan, they're new guys, and there's not much film on them. I'm sure Calgary is looking at the film on those guys, and they'll try and shut them down. So let's see what happens. That's why they play the game, man. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So that's it. The, the Winnipeg Saskatchewan game. It was Winnipeg Blue Bombers forty-five, Saskatchewan Rough Riders twenty-seven. Total of seventy-two points. That was a high-scoring game. Uh, everybody picked Winnipeg. So going down the line, Charles, you got a hundred points. Will, you got a hundred and twelve. CJ got a hundred and twenty-eight, and Rudy got a hundred and six. Okay. The, Third game of the week was the Edmonton Eskimos. Oh, Edmonton Elks. My sorry, my my bad. Uh, Edmonton Elks came to BC to play the Lions in the Dome, and it did not go according to plan. Um, but it was a BC victory, and that, and we, I, I don't think anybody really doubted that. Um, but I was really disappointed in the quality of the Lions. They really didn't play a good football game. They were playing a terrible team, and they should have just ran up the score. It should have just been unbelievably insane, and it wasn't. And I was really disappointed with their play in that aspect of things. And you need to have that hunger. You need to have that that drive that is just going to destroy teams. They're going to go in and play Winnipeg this week, and if they play Winnipeg the way they play Edmonton, 
they're going to get destroyed. It's going to it's going to be a complete blowout. I was not impressed with the way BC played, although it was a good game. I didn't get to watch the game, and it's unfortunate. I was at the racetrack, and uh, you know some things take priority. And uh, but I was following it very closely, and uh, I wasn't racing. I was watching the races, so I could I could watch the game, parts of the game, and, and pay attention to things. Uh, anyhow. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's my take on this. And I'm going to let Charles go ahead. Uh, BC Edmonton, buddy, talk about your team. I think we should kind of uh, qualify that what you said. The defense was outstanding in this game for the BC Lions. There's no complaints about that. They were virtually perfect in this game. Uh, the offense, I think, played down to their opponent's level. I'm not sure why because I believe it was only 9 nothing at halftime. It was still a competi- contest there. This game should have been 45-50 to 50 to nothing. It really should have been, uh, because they, um, this Edmonton team was absolutely dreadful. Taylor Cornelius, I thought going into the season that Taylor Cornelius was uh, ready to make the next step. Again, it's qualifying it with his two games. Taylor Cornelius looked horrific. He looked like a quarterback that has absolutely zero confidence. Even when it was 9-0 BC, I thought there was no opportunity for Edmonton to come back in this game because their offense looked so anemic and looked so um, uh, dead. Lions offense was better in the second half. They started to move the ball more consistently. Uh they needed to score more than one touchdown against that team. Um, that's a little – that needs to be improved on. And, and CJ's right. If they play that way against the Bombers, they will get blown out of IGF. And I do think they are going to be better. But, hey, who thought I would ever be this critical of a 22-point uh, blowout or shutout? But there's a lot of room for improvement, especially with the BC offense. I've got no complaints about the defense. The defense was all over the field. They never let Edmonton get inside their 35-yard line all night. Uh, so I'm going to give a, an A-plus to the defense and just about a C-plus to the offense. They need to really improve on that. But, hey, 22 to nothing, first shutout by the Lions in 46 years in my lifetime. Uh, the last Lions shutout was in 1977, before I was born. So uh, that was neat to see. It was a great atmosphere. There was over 33,000-plus there. So I, I'm not going to be too critical. We won, and it was a good night. Uh, but I want to see more from the BC offense. Yeah, everything. And uh, you didn't talk about LL Cool J or any of the pregame party great, or great any, performance. any of the, the cool stuff that, that you get because you were at the game. Because this is important. You were there. Yes, I was. And the, the pregame was great. Uh, I did get in there a little bit later than I wanted to, so I wasn't out in the pregame, out in the plaza all that long, uh, just for a little bit. And plus, by the time I got there, because they had a band playing in the actual, like, um, street party, but there was a huge lineup just to get into the actual gates of where the street party was. So I did see the band who was the Trues, and I'm not sure exactly who the Trues are, but they were playing, but I saw them from a distance. But uh, there was a great atmosphere with the beer garden and everything like that once he got in. I thought the LL Cool J performance was outstanding. Um, he did a really good show. Actually, seemed to delay the. Sh- it seemed like they pushed everything back a little bit 
because it started um it started the game was supposed to start at four o'clock, but really almost never got started until after four thirty. So it looked like they were, had some sort of delay. But overall, it was a great. Uh, the performance by LL Cool J was very good. I enjoyed it immensely. I enjoyed the entire event immensely. I loved it, and I hope we see more uh, events like that in BC this week. Good. I think uh, CJ's muted for a second, so uh, yeah, uh, I'll go next. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm. I don't know where you go. I don't know where you go if you're Edmonton from here. I mean, Cornelius had 109 yards passing. I mean, that's hard to do. But that's hard to have that no, little. It ended up being less than that. <laughs> was it okay? His, not, his uh, official stat line now says that. 92 yards. Okay, maybe you got socked a few times. All right. Yeah. I'm not sure, but yeah, it was. Uh, uh, I don't know. And and for BC, the offense, I mean, it's a little concerned, but early in the year, and Adams is still kind of, this is his team now. So, I mean, if this happened in week nine, I would be concerned, but I, would, I, I wouldn't get too, uh, too worried about Adams yet. And also, and, to I mean, be fair, Adams, might... just say, to be fair, Adams still passed for over 300 yards. So, yeah. One of those games, too. I remember uh, the 92 Grey Cup game. I mean, the uh, Calgary, I mean, Flutie should have had that game. Should have been 50 to nothing over the Bombers, and it ended up 24-10. But Flutie had, like, 520 yards passing. If you look at that mm-hmm. stat line, it would be like, well, how is this game not, you know, a lot more? But that's just the way the CFL kind of you get those stat lines once in a while. And, and also, I think a team that is in total control, when you know they're not going to do anything, you kind of tend to be a little more conservative too, I think, and you don't want to give them any kind of life. So That's human you know, nature. You're, yeah, you're comfortable, you're up, and I mean, Edmonton hasn't shown they can they can hurt any team right now, and I'm not, I don't know where they go from here. Do they play, is that game in Toronto this week? Uh, I believe, uh, no, it's in Edmonton. I mean, it's going to continue. Oh. Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It looks like that Kelly kid might be able to play a little bit, so. Yeah. Um, but you got to think they're going to win one game at home. Eventually they're going to run into some kind of lock, and they're going to get, like, just, I mean, like, just, they're, <sighs> something would fall yeah. away. But you would hope Toronto, so. Toronto, uh, well, I think because you're not going to – the fans aren't going to come back, right? I mean, BC BC's done a great job marketing, and the fans will come back because BC's winning. But if you're Edmonton and you keep losing these home games, well, fans aren't going to come back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a, there's yeah. a difference. So eventually you have to win. Like in Ottawa, I mean, I think Ottawa's fan base, I mean, considering like they, they've stuck with that team through thick and they thin. They keep showing like up. Red Blacks. They keep showing up, but I mean, eventually they're going to be like, "What? What are we doing here?" So, but hopefully, why yeah. am I wasting my money to watch this? Well, you can't have. I mean, two teams, Edmonton and Ottawa, bad like four or five years in a row. But that's not going to. That doesn't help the league either, right? No, it doesn't. No. I mean, the Bomber fan, and he's like, well, I remember the Hugh Campbell Eskimos who, you know, humbled the league. So part of me is like, well, but, I mean, I want the league to survive. So we need Edmonton to, and Ottawa to both uh, 
start playing better. Mm-hmm. And it might be now. It might be next. It might be next year. Like it might be actually next year. Okay, so let's get going here, right William. Right. William, come in and talk about this game. You know what? Um, wasn't really much game to talk about. Edmonton really didn't look good. I don't know if you should be really proud of a shutout by the defense, BC, because Edmonton is horrible. I'm not. Okay, so once again, no. once again, it goes back to once again, it goes back to was BC that much better than the week before, or were they playing a worse team than Calgary? So to be fair, though, um, there's been years and years of bad teams, but shutouts are still very rare in the CFL. Even with crap well, teams. and I didn't realize I didn't realize they hadn't shut anybody out for how long did you say? Forty six years. Forty six years. Nineteen seventy seven really? was the last time. Wow, did these they shut for a long they, time. Oh, well. They shut out Toronto um, in nineteen seventy seven. Anyways. But yeah, you know what? Once again, that's the part that you can't you can't judge teams by these early games because some of the teams are atrocious, and the other teams look good because the other teams are atrocious. So, like you guys keep on saying, exhibition, first two games of the season or first four games of the season, whatever it is, I, I, I think give it a couple more weeks, then we'll start seeing who's going to rise and who's not going to rise. Because, I mean, in the CFL, you cannot write a team off that is 0-2. You can't. Well, you no, can, that's fair. But, you know, know. Edmonton, Ottawa case, they were so bad the last two years. I mean, nothing's improved. So it's not like they're just having a tough start. This is this is now a, a pattern of losing. This is a, like three years in a row of, of, of shit. So there is got to be some concern. It, it, in in 2011, once again, once again, Lions, hang on. That's correct. In, Go ahead, in, in 2011, 2011, BC Lions started 0-5. But those five losses were by one, two, or three points. BC was fighting hard, but just not finishing. Okay? That's not the case with Edmonton and Ottawa right now. They're not close in these games. They're not missing a piece. They're not missing that one one little decision they you know they didn't miss one play they they're they're missing the game they they suck right and you can't say that about the lions in 2000 or, uh, 2011 they they were in every football game they just lost it's all about the w the w is the only thing that matters doesn't matter how close Correct. you were to that w it just means whether or not you were that w okay but, so and and well, but you're I, also, I, I agree you're with also you will talking you're also talking about the eastern part of the CFL. If if Ottawa happens to pick up, if Ottawa happens to pick up two players from NFL cuts or from somewhere, and their game, you never know what can happen. And as far as Edmonton goes, I have not counted Edmonton out yet. I'm sorry. I, I still I still think a Chris Jones team can all of a sudden jive one week and look out. You know what I mean? So, oh, I agree. So, so, once again, after two games, I'm not counting anybody out, to be honest with you. So, I mean, hey, once again, tomorrow, and I hope he doesn't, but tomorrow, Zach Polaris could get hurt. I don't care how good that fucking team is. 
They don't have a backup quarterback. They do have a backup quarterback, but that quarterback is a good part of that team. That team is really good because of the quarterback. Absolutely. I was shocked during the Saskatchewan-Edmonton game, and correct me if I'm wrong, Zach Kolaris has only lost five games since 2019. Is that correct? I believe that's correct. (laughs) That is something like that, yeah. That is unbelievable. And they tagged him for a loss. They tagged him for the loss in the Calgary game in 2019 at the end of the season. He played the, he played the first quarter, left up like 10 nothing, and then they, they beat the Calgary came back and won in mop-up time, and he got pinned with that loss. So I don't know how that works, but it is what it is. But yeah, uh, quite a unfortunately, run. I can't go to CFL.ca and confirm that stat. <laughs> yep, that is correct. <laughs> Anyways, you know, it's, it's, let's it's, move I on. can't, I can't do it. It's ridiculous. It, it, it's not good. Okay, so the the final score was the Edmonton Elks zero nil, BC Lions twenty two. I'm so disappointed. It was only twenty two points. I mean, we all overshot this it, one. You can't get your shit together. Oh, everybody overshot this one by huge. Uh Charles picked BC, you got 100 points. Will, you took Edmonton, you got zero points. CJ took BC, got 100 points. Rudy got BC, picked 100 points. Nobody, nobody picked the score, got a point for the score differential. Nobody. Okay, the second game here, or the fourth game of the the week, was the Hamilton Tiger Cats in Toronto to play the Argonauts. And this was a big, big question mark for everybody because this was Toronto's first game. They had the bye in week one. Is what is their new quarterback, Chad Kelly, going to be like? And Chad Kelly came out and took control of this game and played some pretty good, pretty damn good football throughout the whole game. Now, Hamilton did not. And they had Bo Levi Mitchell for pretty much the entire game. And he looked like... We all expect Bo Levi Mitchell to be playing, uh, just not what Hamilton fans expect Bo Levi Mitchell to be playing at. Um, so Chad Kelly played some really good football, and is this the case of a defensive coordinator not having any film on this guy? And as the next two and three games going to come back, is he going to get regress in his play ability because people are going to start picking up how he plays football or is he actually going to be a good quarterback in the CFL? We don't know that. That's a big if question. It was not answered in this game, but what was answered in this game was that he can play football and he can play Canadian football quite well. So, uh, Good for the Argo fans, good for the Argo team, good for Chad Kelly. I, it was a good football game, and he played some good ball. It wasn't amazing, wasn't outstanding. The team was whatever, and Hamilton's got a great defense, and uh, they played some football as well. They just Their quarterback sucks, and I called that at the beginning. They called that last year, is that Hamilton was going to have some trouble this season because of the QB situation, and it ended up with Bo Levi Mitchell taking – a hit in the fourth quarter, and which really kind of confused me because he got hit in the upper body and he ended up with a groin pull. And okay, 
I, I don't know how that happened, but it, it, it did. And uh, so he's out right now. They're going to suit him up for the game this week, but he's not going to play. And he's on the depth chart in, in, in number two position because they don't have a third QB. Is that right? Or do they have a second QB and he's in third? Or it's, it, I've seen a lot of conflicting reports. So let's uh, find out what's going on there, and we'll talk about that in a little while. But right now the Hamilton-Toronto game was, uh, was one-sided. Hamilton just didn't play well, and they didn't score well. William, start us off with this game, sir. Well, once again, Bo sucked. There's no other way to put it. Okay? <laughs> he threw two ducks into the end zone, and one of those ducks, I don't know who the fuck he was going for. Like, are you blind? Could you not see over your center? He just chucked that duck up there, and that duck fluttered into somebody's hands. And it's really, sorry, and you know I'm a Bull fan. It's really too bad for Bo that his legacy is going to end like this, okay? Because I, I think he's done. I really think he's done. And you said they got to pay him for the year, so they'll put him here or put him there, but I still think he's done. Let's hope for Matt Schlitz, I guess, or hopefully they can get another quarterback. But you know what? It wasn't even close. Um, yeah, Kelly played well. So is Kelly going to be the next Nathan Rourke? Okay, because I'm sure we all said that about Nathan Rourke, that nobody had film on him after the first game, and that, oh, wait till the second game. The defensive guys are going to have fun. But let's see with, uh, with Kelly this week. If, uh, if some, I, who is Toronto playing this week? Does anybody know? Edmonton. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, if anybody, Chris Jones will fuck with him. I guarantee you. So we shall see. Um, but yeah, it was a good. It was a good win for Toronto. They're still at the top of the league, or they they look good because they didn't lose a lot of players this summer either. I'm like just like Winnipeg. So they're coherent and they're cohesive. Let's see what happens. But it was only one game with Chad Kelly. Let's see what he does this week. Go ahead. Okay, uh, Charles, come back at this. Yes? Hello? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so... No, you're you're not dead. I can hear you. So, uh, Chad Kelly uh, came as advertiser, at least as most people saw him. I mean... We really didn't see a whole lot of Chad Kelly last year, and I was going to be—I was taking a very wait and see attitude with him uh, because um, you know we hadn't seen a lot of him. He played one game at the end of the year, which was kind of a throwaway game, which kind of didn't do much. We saw him for a quarter in the Grey Cup, and they kind of hitched their wagon to this guy. And I'm not saying it was a bad thing, but I mean I was kind of uh, curious because, quite frankly, we. We didn't have a lot of um, a lot on this guy, and we still don't. But I mean, as far as this year goes, he's one for one. He's passed the test. Um, uh, he was able to go out and he played very well. He generated three touchdowns on his own. I got to give him uh, full marks for that, and full marks for the uh, Stampede or for the uh, Argos, at least so far. And 
Boy, uh, you think there's people uh, kind of somewhat panicking in Hamilton? Uh, this team was went out and seemingly signed every free agent known to man. And here they are, 0-2 after two games. Uh, you think uh, there's a little bit, bit of pressure being uh, going on to the shoulders of Orlando Steinauer now, especially considering that, hey, there's uh, – we got, uh, what's his name, uh, um, um, Scott Milanovic uh, standing on the sidelines with him, and uh, he's a former head coach that won a Grey Cup, and, uh, and if they keep losing, do they make a change? I mean, I don't think they're doing it. Obviously, they're not doing it after two games, but what if they lose the next two and they're 0-4? Then what do they do? They put a lot of money and a lot of stock into winning the Grey Cup at home this year, and if they are struggling... In the season, I wouldn't shock me to see them make a change. I'm not saying they're going to do it, but it wouldn't shock me if they did. So uh, they got to really start turning this around in a real hurry. And the Argos looked, uh, the champ, defending champs looked as strong as they were before. So I'll be interested to see uh, if that continues uh, coming uh, forward. I mean, I got to think they're going to highly likely they beat. Um, Edmonton this week, especially after what we saw last week, but let's see how these two go forward, but uh, I think there's some pressure that's going to be building really quickly in Hamilton. Okay, Rudy, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Toronto did what they had to do to win. Uh, it's hard to, it's hard to judge too much. I mean, Hamilton is in such a disarray right now. I mean, both losses, the score flattered them. I mean, both games could have been much worse uh, score line. Uh, I'm, but, you know what, the saving grace, they play in the East Division. I mean, all they need to do is beat Ottawa and Montreal a few times and slink into a playoff slot. So, I mean, Toronto's going to clearly run away with the East. But, uh, I wouldn't panic yet in Hamilton, and I think you'll see Bo get one more shot. When he gets healthy, he'll get one more shot, and if he gets a couple wins against Ottawa and Montreal, what? maybe if he gets he'll start healthy. again. He'll start, he'll start again. The broadside of a bar? Oh, I mean, hey, it's uh, – they're going to get – I mean, they spent too much money on for, for them to just let – to cut him because they'll have to pay him for the year. So he's going to get one more one more chance, one more kick at the can, and then if that goes bad, then I think that'll be a, that'll be a career. That'll be it. And uh, So here's the stupidity of this, okay? If they cut him, his, he, because he has guaranteed money, that money goes against the cap. Okay, so they can't cut him. The only thing that they can hope for is that he retires and then it's taken off the cap. He won't retire because then he doesn't get the money. Okay, if he retires, he doesn't get the money. So he can just puddle around for the entire season, get his four hundred grand, and 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 it goes against the the Hamilton cap, their cap. The only way out of this is for them to put him on the six-game injury list and leave him there. Uh, 
Oh, okay. I mean, then that frees up the money to do something else. And then you've got to look at the management side of this. This is not just about football. It's about how the game of football. And this is an important game to play right now is what you do with that money. Because you, you, as a general manager, fucked the dog on this one. You, you did something stupid by signing this guy, giving him guaranteed money. Okay? You, you should be fired. Okay, Bob Young should walk in and rip this guy's shorts off. Okay, it's just it's wrong. What he did is absolutely wrong. And 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 we all knew this sitting at home. You would think that somebody that is that close to the football game, to the foot, to the whole thing, would know that Bo Levi Mitchell had a serious shoulder injury and he did not come back and play football very well for the last two years. Well, I think he's not been paying attention. I thought he's a general manager. Is he not supposed to pay attention? But what I think Bo is doing wrong is he's trying to throw the football like when he had a good shoulder. He can't make those throws anymore. He has to play like Ricky Ray did in his last year. Just make those short throws and um, the way Peyton Manning did in Denver. Just I mean, he can't. He's trying to make those long throws on corner routes. He doesn't have the zip on the ball. I mean. He's going to play like Anthony Calvillo did his entire career. Yeah. Yes. Yes. yes exactly. Uh, but he's stubborn and that's costing him big time in his team. He's just throwing those bad interceptions, which is like you keep thinking, okay, he'll snap out of it, he'll snap out of it. You know, you know what? The next drive, he'll, you know what? That was just a one-off. But no, he just keeps. It's now. Uh, I, I, abso- I absolutely do not believe you. I do not think this What's is that? Bo Levi Mitchell making a mistake out on the field. This is not Bo Levi Mitchell. This is an offensive coordinator calling the wrong place. This, Bo well, knows that his shoulder's toast. Because... Bo knows that he can't go long. But Bo hasn't he knows the it. offense, too, in Calgary. He had, he, had, he, had, he, had, he had Dave Dickens' ear for the offense. So, I mean, they're, they're I mean, he had some control. Of the hey, he, he knows but, he I mean, can't now, throw the ball deep. Well, I mean, now Hamilton's coaching, staff, uh, now, I mean, coaching staff on thin ice as it is, I think, but I don't think they're going to fire them in a great cup here and bring some, somebody brand William, what do you got to say? I, I, I was going to throw another little tidbit that I learned this week. I did some research. Bo Levi Mitchell, this guy knew the writing was on the wall because I discovered this week Bo Levi Mitchell – Sold his house in Calgary more than a year ago, and he's all and he's always lived here year round, and he intended to stay here for a long time, and he sold his house a year ago. So in Calgary, I'm wondering if yes, in Calgary. So, which is quite interesting. And he has since bought a house in, in Hamilton. So, but for the last year, he's been renting in Calgary. So I think he knew the writing was on the wall a while ago. Right. And, and, and by him doing that, does it, it means that he is not coming back to coach. Not necessarily, but... No, I don't think it is. I... I well, no, no, I think oh, he I discovered his... 
I think no, I think he discovered his talent when he was on the on TSN for that one great cup on the panel. I think right, yeah, 100%. I think that's what he will aim for. Because that's where that's he thing, yeah. he'll he'll still be in the limelight. You know what I mean? He was good. On Honestly, the you know what? I I'm I am not a Bolivar Mitchell fan. That's no secret. I am not a Bolivar Mitchell fan. But I'll tell you, I would much rather have him on the panel than Jim Barker. <laughs> than Jim Barker. Oh, yeah. Fucking mm-hmm. horrible. Okay, so let's continue this. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. i got to get this back up here. i got to – Sparky's messing me up here, not having this thing in the right order. i got to go find it again. Okay, Hamilton 14 – Toronto Argonauts 32. It was a 46-point game. Uh, Charles, you picked T.O. 136 points. William, you took Hamilton 36 points. C.J. took Toronto 126 points. You beat me by 10, Charles. Rudy, you took Hamilton. Okay, so this was an interesting game. There was a lot of stuff going back and forth. So after week two standings, the panelist standings are as this. Charles is in first place with 175 points. Good job, Charles. CJ is in second place with 142 points. Eight points off the lead there. Uh, Rudy is in third place, but off by 200 points. Uh, Well, 198, actually. And, William, uh, you you made some substantial gaining there. Actually, you and Rudy had exactly the same score in week two at 278 points apiece. So you're up to 364. Okay? Just thought I'd share that all with you guys. So that's where that is. Now we're going to start talking about football for this week. This is week three. And we're going to do this real quick. We're going to come up with our scores, and we're going to get at it. Okay, so let's see what's going on here. Before we look at this, okay, week three, DraftKings has Winnipeg minus six with a 50-point total over-under at 50. Hamilton is a two-and-a-half-point favorite with an over-under of 44. Calgary is a four-point favorite at 45.5, and Toronto is a six-point five favorite at 44.5. Now, here it is, the CFL pick'em trend so far. Winnipeg at 85% over BC's 15. Hamilton 35 over Montreal, or sorry, Montreal 65, Hamilton 35. Calgary 34, Saskatchewan 67. And Edmonton 6, Toronto 94. (laughs) Nobody has much faith in Edmonton. 6% Um, of people. Okay. Yeah, 6% of people. Okay, so uh, I've actually written down already who I'm going to pick down the list here. And uh, let's see if uh, the rest of you guys have any faith in that as well. What else? I'm getting – anyhow. Okay, so the first game up is the BC Lions-Winnipeg game. Charles, what's your take on this game? What's, what do you think is going to happen, and who do you think is going to win? Who are you picking to win, and, by, and what's the total score? Well, everyone knows by now I pick home picks, so I am going to pick BC in this game. Surprise, surprise. But realistically, this is, the Lions are very much in tough 
Uh, the Bombers are the clear favorite here. The Bombers have been the class of the league for probably four years now. Uh, they very seldom, I don't remember, they do not lose at home very much. If uh, ever, I think they only lost once at home last year. And I don't think they lost at all the year before. The, the, the Bombers dominated IGF. They're a tough team. They've got a great offense. They've got a great defense. They've got great special teams. They're a great football team. I don't. You can't argue that. It's just uh, not something you can argue. I mean, the Lions are an up-and-coming team. Are they at the Bombers level? Right now, it's really hard to say that because I think the Bombers are still um, uh, kind of the class of the league all their own right now. It's really hard for me to say otherwise. That doesn't mean the Lions can't win this game. That doesn't mean the Lions won't win this game. Uh, they're going to have to play almost a perfect game to do it. But, hey, I'm a homer, like I said, I'm, so I'm going to pick them to do it, although my confidence in this pick is probably fairly low, as low as it's going to be all year. But I do well pick the Lions to win this one, and I think it might be a bit high scoring, so I'm going to go to the Lions uh, 53. 53. Okay. William. Hey, where is this game at? Winnipeg or BC? It's in Winnipeg. It's in Winnipeg. Oh, it's in it's Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Okay. okay, yeah, no fucking chance. Winnipeg, uh, 54. Okay. 54. Uh, do you have any uh, any comments on the game at all? Yeah, it's going to be a blowout. <laughs> BC's not going to be able to hang with them. Sorry. Um just okay. my thoughts. I mean, so, so but, but you never know. You never know. Winnipeg could take them lightly. But even Winnipeg right now are so talented, even if they take them lightly, they're still going to come back and win the game. So, Okay. Rudy. Rudy. Um, I have Winnipeg. Your, yeah, your turn. Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Yeah, Winnipeg 49. No, sorry, 59. Okay, um, CJ's doing something totally different this year. I'm actually going to pick the team that I think is going to win. So I'm going with the Bombers on this one. And I win either way. So if the Bombers do win the game, then I get the points. And if the Lions win, I get excited. So um, – the Bombers, I'm picking the Bombers, and I believe that this is going to be a high-scoring game. And uh, I, I, I'm going to go up in the 63-point range just because I think I'm going high on this one. Uh, the next game is the Montreal Alouettes into Hamilton to play the Tiger Cats. This one's an interesting and a tough game to pick. Um, Montreal played some decent football last week. Hamilton didn't play terribly, but they didn't play good. So, I yeah, I'm not overly confident at all at this game on either way. So, I'm going to see what happens here. Charles, your pick, Montreal, Hamilton <sighs> at Tim Bitfield. Okay, well, the Hamilton is going to be relying on Matt Schlitz. Uh, that's strike one. Uh, but then again, Montreal is Cody Fajardo. That's Cody. a big – oh, my God. 
<laughs> we thought BC Edmonton was going to be low, was low scoring. Good God, it's like playing Russian roulette with one bullet. Uh, who the hell do you pick? You know what? Cody Fajardo sucks. We know Cody Fajardo sucks. Matt Schlitz is still kind of a a, a back and forth unknown. So you know what? I'm going to take Hamilton to get their first win. They don't have Bo Levi playing, which might actually be a positive. They do have more talent than Montreal, I think. So I think they get their first win out of this one at home. I don't think it's going to be very high scoring. Uh, but I think uh, Hamilton will outlast Montreal, and I'm going to pick uh, Hamilton 37 points. William. Oh, my God. <laughs> I picked Hamilton two weeks in a row. No, one week in a row, and they lost. And now they don't have Bo. And they're playing Montreal. And they've got Cody, who's my least favorite Saskatchewan quarterback of all time. Oh, my Lord. And I hate Montreal. Well, no, I don't <laughs> hate Montreal. You know what? You know what? I want you're to you're a Montreal fan. Here. What are you talking about? You just don't like Danny. So here you go. I want to make. I want to make a move. I want to make a move. So let's go, Montreal, thirty-two. Okay, Rudy. Uh, I have. I think Montreal. I Hamilton will win this one. Uh, Forty-two points. I, who did I think you pick? They're going to come up hungry. But Hamilton, 42. Schlitz time. Okay. Uh, CJ has picked Hamilton, and I'm going to go with the uh, – oh, shit, I don't know. I'll call it 40 points. <laughs> It'll be somewhere in there. It's just it's just going to be a disaster anyway you look at it. Um, the next game up is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the in Calgary to play the Stampeders. William, Calgary, Saskatchewan. Yeah. Pick a yeah. Team. Yeah. In in okay, let me ask you guys this here: How long have we been doing this podcast? Uh, five years. Six years. Five years. Seven years. A long time. Uh, in seven years, in seven years, I ever have I ever picked Saskatchewan over Calgary? Never. No. Okay, so this isn't going to be the exception. Calgary. <laughs> Should be you. Calgary, Calgary 42. forty-two. Okay. That's a good score. I like that one actually, Charles. Saskatchewan uh, coming off a win? No, they're not. They're coming off a loss. They won in week one against Edmonton. Okay, that's a glorified practice. Calgary, I still think it's better. And then they got beat by the Bombers. Yeah. Uh, but they held their own. Uh, but Calgary came off a win. Hmm. I don't think it. I honestly don't think there's a lot... Um, a lot uh, between these guys, uh, but I think that uh, I'm going to pick Calgary to win. I think they're at home; they play relatively well at home. I'm going to pick Calgary. I think it's probably going to end up being close, Hello? but I'm going to pick Calgary, and I'll say 
44 points. Okay. Rudy? Hank Calgary, 47 points. Forty seven. Saskatchewan just yet. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm taking the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and I'll tell you why. Um, I put the Calgary Stampeders higher in the um, the rank, power rankings this week than Saskatchewan, and I got abused for that. And everybody said that Saskatchewan is a better team than Calgary, and I, I started looking to at the reasoning as to why people were saying this, and they weren't wrong. I wasn't wrong, but they weren't wrong. So I'm, I'm kind of flipping a coin on this game, and uh, I flipped the coin, and it came up Saskatchewan. So I'm going to take the, the the Rough Riders here, and I'm going to go a little bit – oh, I don't know where to go. I'm going at 52 points. Okay. And I don't, I do not take picking Saskatchewan lightly. I really don't. I don't like the team, and, and I would – not pick them just to spite them, but this year I'm I'm, I'm changing my strategy on, on on picking games, and I'm going to pick the team that I I believe is going to win. So I pick the Rough Riders. Christopher, again, if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, then Calgary wins. I'm happy because hey, thank you for this way, yeah. Christopher. Green is the new blue. Okay, so you're really picking the Bombers. No, blue is the new green. Blue is the new green. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it it's you know, and I picked Winnipeg to win. So you know, I just yeah, it's just wrong. This it is it, the world, the whole world's going crazy. Did you see that big Winnipeg W that came out in multiple rainbow colors? And it wasn't just like rainbow colors; they had like a plethora of other colors as well. Like they're going this whole fifty-two gender thing. It's, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, the fans, the fans, the, so fans, the fans aren't the, the, fan, the fans aren't buying into that. I'm telling you right now, most of the fans are not going to be. Uh, I mean, uh, Thursday night game. Yeah, well, so that's just, another issue. But buy a round of Bud Light and let's go. Okay, the last game is the Toronto Argonauts into Edmonton to play the Elks at home. Elks have been winless since October of 2019 in their home stadium of Commonwealth. They have not won a game at home since they changed the name from Eskimos to Elks. Everybody's saying that this is a curse. I, you know what? I am not a superstitious person, but it's sure looking that way. Um, no, Chris Jones has got to turn this team around, and it, unfortunately he's stubborn. And he's, he's, he's going with Taylor Cornelius again. He's not going to back down from this. He, he believes that this is his quarterback of choice. And, I, you know, I can respect him staying and moving and going forward with this. But at what time, you know, is it because he's stubborn or is it because he absolutely doesn't like Canadians and Trey Ford is a Canadian? Because I honestly think Trey Ford's a better quarterback. I, I I do. I really think he's a better quarterback. Uh, and I said that long before the season started. And and why they, they gave Taylor Cornelius starter money when he hasn't proved that he's a starter blows my mind. Okay, so um, Charles, start with this one off. Toronto and Edmonton. 
this is an easy one for me, to be perfectly honest. No, it's not the end of the streak. God, after watching them last week and how pathetic they looked, and uh, guess what? Uh, Chris Jones doesn't give a damn about offense. How do we know? He's going to keep the quarterback in that threw for 92 yards. Uh, sorry, uh, Toronto's a better team. Edmonton's a mess. Uh, I think the best that, they can, that Edmonton can hope for is that they at least stay competitive in this one. Uh, because Toronto's got the ability to blow them out again. Uh, but uh, I'm picking Toronto in this BC one. They're a better team. Well, reality, BC they did. They beat, them them. they beat them by 22 points. 22 points is a blowout in my book. Yeah, they, they were slow in getting there, but they still beat them by 22 points, three scores. I still consider that a blowout. It may have taken longer than it should, but I still consider that a blowout because there was never any chance that Edmonton was coming back in that game. Um, but, yeah, they're going to lose again. Uh, and Toronto's going to win this one. They're a way better team. Chad Kelly's going to get some more uh, confidence because he should be able to put up some numbers on this team. Uh, so I'm going to say uh, Toronto wins at 44 points. Okay, William. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure this game is not even going to be close. I think uh, we're going to see uh, what Chris Jones has been seeing, seeing with uh, Taylor Cornelius, and I think they're just going to fucking kill Toronto. And I don't think, and I think Chris Jones is going to fuck with Chad uh, Chad Kelly. Um, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Edmonton 47. What? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I hear you. I hear you, William. Kenny, Rudy. I'm actually going to be uh, 47, but I'm going to date Toronto. Uh, Edmonton hasn't shown anything this year, so I'm, I don't see how Toronto can lose this game. They're just too strong. On both sides of the football, and Edmonton is—they're uh, already—they're almost already in panic mode. So that's my pick. Toronto forty-seven. I—you I, know what? I disagree with all three of you in your analysis. Um, I think what's going to happen in this game is Chris Jones has been scouring Chad Kelly film from last week. He's been preparing his defense to take this guy down. That he, Toronto is not going to be able to put up any offense against the, his defense. I'm not saying that Edmonton defense is going to, or offense is going to be any better, but this is going to be a ridiculously low-scoring game. And it's going to be um, – Toronto's going to win this, and I'm going with 22 points. Cool. I think Chad Kelly's going to be better than Taylor Cornelius, but I believe that Edmonton's defense is going to be able to stop him because I don't think he knows how to deal with it yet. He's too young a quarterback in this league. That's my philosophy on it. Okay, so those are our scores. That's a wrap. I'm putting this one in the drawer. Sparky, you go back and pay attention. And uh, write them up and insert them into the CFL.ca pick'em box. And uh, that's probably the only thing on CFL.ca that's working. 
Uh, thankfully, I don't have to deal with it. Okay. Um, let's go back and go to the agenda now and see what Charles has found for us to do. we only got 30 minutes left in the show. <laughs> that took too long, but we had fun. Ticats quarterback Bull Levi Mitchell suffers a lower body injury in his loss to Toronto Argonauts. So last year in the Toronto Argonauts, if uh, we can quote Will here for a minute, Andrew Harris broke his boob, right? <laughs> well, what do you think Bull Levi Mitchell just broke? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe he suffered a groin injury It's a lower body injury It is something that is painful And it's hard to recover from And it takes nothing but time um, We don't. I don't expect Bo Levi Mitchell To be back and playing I have no idea why he has a uniform On this week um, Orlando Steinauer has said That he will suit up for the game Although there is zero chance That he will play so I question then why you shoot a for, player then? when you have him. You have zero chance of him playing. Why would you suit him up? It makes no sense, none whatsoever. Bring in some kid from high school and put a tie catch uniform on him. At least you would put him in for short yardage or something. Okay, uh, just do something. But why would you suit up? Is this because believe I Mitchell? Um, has a clause in his contract or a bonus in his contract for every game that he gets suited up, he gets paid so much. So if that was the case, then Hamilton even sued him up. They'd save money. Um, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand the logic behind it. There isn't any. Uh, when is Orlando Steinauer going to be removed as a head coach for the Ticats? Because Scott Milanovic is 10 times the man. I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. I'm confused. Charles, go ahead. You were talking there. Yeah, I, I, I do don't get why they're even involved. going to bother dressing him. I think it's stupid. I mean, if he's not well enough to play, don't dress him. Don't take up a roster spot with him. I don't care if he's complaining about it. Uh, there doesn't. There's no point to it. Don't dress someone that can't play. I don't get it. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell... I made the comment the other day that I said he is done. I, I think he is done. Uh, and nothing I've seen um, changes my mind on that. I think that, uh, uh, quite frankly, I don't think his shoulder has anything left on it. I think uh, he throws the ball. When he throws the ball, it looks um, like a, a floating duck that's like having struggling to fly. Uh, he shouldn't be dressing, and he probably should retire as far as I'm concerned because I just don't see him. I just don't see him being an effective quarterback at all. I never thought so uh, when he was first hired, so or signed uh, or traded for, whatever the hell they did. But I, I, I think he's done as far as I'm concerned. I don't think it makes sense, and I don't know why they're dressing him. Put somebody else in that can actually play in uh, isn't made of glass. So. I don't know why he's not on the sixth game. He should be. It's a groin injury. It's not going to be yeah. better by week four or five. You know what? So what if it's better in week, you know, it, you know, four weeks into the sixth game? Let him sit out for two, six games and, and and do it. I mean, 
let's face it, it's the Eastern Division. You can lose the first six games and still make the playoffs. Okay? You, you can do that. Just mm-hmm. just get put them on the sixth game and let them heal. I mean, if that even helps. I don't know. It, it, it's a travesty what's happening in Hamilton right now. It's, I still feel got so the bad for the fans. I feel so... I still have... Yeah, I know, I know. But, you know... You say six more weeks of rest, William. Yeah, you know what? William, come in to talk um, to Bo about Bo. You know, I, I. Okay, you guys all know I love Bo Levi Mitchell. Okay, and I was hoping you do. I, I, I was hoping that I was wrong. Okay. I was hoping that I was wrong. You weren't wrong. But I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. And so now here's a – I think it's a combination. I don't think it's been good coaching in Hamilton this year. And it doesn't help when you have a shitty quarterback. And I'm going to – my prediction here is Orlando Steinhauer is gone by game five if they go 0-5. Because we know – if for some strange reason Saskatchewan hadn't managed to sign Bo, you'd know that that uh, Craig Dickinson would have been gone if they went 0-5. And I guarantee you, if they had Bo Levi Mitchell, they would go 0-5. So it's too bad. Um, he hurt his groin. I don't know why he's on the roster, but probably because they paid so much money for him. Maybe his groin injury isn't as bad as we think it is, and maybe he could come in if they had to get him to come in. But we will never know, and it doesn't matter how bad his groin is, his shoulder is that much worse. So Mm -hmm. what more can I say? And more important. too bad. His groin's not important. He's not mobile. And and just so you know, I had a bet with with a supplier of mine in Hamilton, and I said, Bo wouldn't make five games. Well, he didn't make three. And the guy phoned me today and said, "Yeah, I guess you won the bet, right?" And I said, "Yeah, I guess I did." So I'm excited. Yeah, it's short. Here we come. Um, yep. I, I really believe that the problem in Hamilton, although I don't, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Orlando Steinauer anymore, but I really think the problem in Hamilton right now is Tommy Condell. The offensive coordinator. Could be. Uh, could he's be. the one is that was calling the plays for Bo. Is he is he still the is he still the offensive coordinator? What is Tommy Condell is the offensive Scott coordinator? Mil- what is Scott Milanovic's actual position? Does anybody know? He's a, a, a con- he's a consultant. He's a consultant. Oh, is that what he is? Okay. So, once again, and maybe part of the problem is uh, there's a couple of guys in Hamilton that are looking over their shoulder because they know if things don't happen, what's going to happen? That could be it, too. Well, who's the other guy that Hamilton brought in? Oh, it was Jeff Reinbold. Jeff Reinbold. They brought Jeff Reinbold Reinbold. and Scott Milanovich in the same week, and, and... did you see Scott, did you see Jeff Reinbold on TV 
<laughs> he closed his eyes, dropped his head, and shook it. It was a special teams play that went bad for Hamilton. What was it? Oh, I, I think it was that the, the run back, Grant's run back, wasn't it? No, that yeah, no, that was that was no, that was Saskatchewan Winnipeg. Back? No, that uh, was mm-hmm. Saskatchewan Winnipeg. Who, who did who, who who did Hamilton play last week? There was there was something happened, and and they showed, and they actually showed it on replay as well, which was priceless. But Jeff Brimble just dropped his head and shook it, and he just closed his eyes because he couldn't believe how bad that play was. Uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, no, Tommy Condell needs to go. And the other person in there who I, I absolutely love him as a player, but I can't stand him as a coach. I cannot. He's just he's terrible as a coach, a, a complete clusterfuck, and that's Mark Washington. He was terrible Who's in the BC. OC? I, he was. He's the defensive coordinator in, in Hamilton right now, and you, you can't fire three coaches. You can't fire the head coach, the yeah. offensive and defensive coordinator in week two. You, you can't no. do it, but they should do well, it. Wasn't Tommy Condell the OC in 2019 when they went 15 and three? So I mean, he become a bad coach. I, over like, you know, like, no, he became stale. It, the two things have happened here, Rudy. First off, he's become stale because if you, if you're not learning and progressing and moving forward, then you're moving backwards. Okay, so if he hasn't involved his coaching style, which I, I haven't seen. Then, then everybody else is knowing what he's doing and moving forward. The second is, is he is looking at Bo, Bo, Bo Levi Mitchell as a healthy, capable quarterback, and he's calling plays for that person. He doesn't know. He's looking for the Bo of old and not and what he's got is old Bo. And he hasn't grasped that yet because otherwise he'd be throwing slants and screens all day long and Hamilton Tiger Cats would be walking down the field six to eight yards at a time and march and just go, right? Just go down the field, grab six yards, every single fucking play, grab six yards. That's all you got to do. You don't have to go for 10, grab six. Right now, I mean, Get two sixes, it's 12. But Hamilton, the Tiger Cats are in a bad Anthony Calvillo right made a career out of that. But I'm just saying right now, in general, I mean, the Ticats, they're in trouble because they're hosting the Grey Cup, and this was supposed to be a cakewalk to the Grey Cup, and it's not started out that way. And not at all. I mean, Bob Young, I'm sure they're over the salary cap. I mean, they've... I, mean, I, mean, I don't understand why teams make this such a big deal of hosting the Grey Cup and having to be in it. It so rarely happens, so rarely happens, yeah. that I don't understand why, you know, you'd make a big deal out of it. You just play go and play football, and if you end up in the Cup, great. But, I mean, Saskatchewan did it last year, and their team was absolutely dreadful with six wins on the season. And, and, they, they, and, and all the fans started dumping the – Cup tickets like they actually thought the team was going to be there. And and they're setting themselves up for the same fucking failure in Hamilton. 
I think that's true. I think you have to look at marketing. I think it's to market it as, as a festival for, like, the CFL, that you're a CFL fan and not, oh, our team's going to be in there because then you're going to get fans that are only going to watch their team play and the odds are not in your favor. It's not a great marketing tool. And, I mean, I think no. you have to market it as a, you know, as a league final and not – and lay off the, the home team. As the fan of the league. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, realistically, I mean, the Lions in 2011, followed by Toronto in 2012 and Saskatchewan in 2013, that was such an anomaly of the home team winning the Grey Cup. I, it, it's We've never, never seen happened it like that in before. the history of the CFL. It, it's never happened three teams in a row. Never. That was the only time it's ever happened. I don't think it's happened two times in a row. Okay, that was such, such an anomaly that that happened. And then everybody else is all, oh, well, we've we got to get to the Grey Cup and win. We're hosting it. No, it's just you're hosting the Grey Cup game. Go to the game. It's whoever gets there. And Hamilton has absolutely set themselves up for failure this year. And I feel bad for the fans. Well, the they, they, and they have to go back this, to both. We're going to the Grey Cup so much. And they, they went out and bought the best QB in the league. And, and and shit the bed doing it. I mean, you realize they have to go back to both before the season is over. Like they, he, by week four, five or six, he he's gonna he's gonna start again. They have no choice. So the money they're paying him for all, I mean, guys moved his family, bought a house. I mean, they 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 have to like see this through for at least Rudy, a few more starts. They have to. They have to put him on the salary cap on, on the six-game injury list, so his salary doesn't go against the cap. They're paying him that money whether he plays or not. It's best to move on with your team, and they can't admit <laughs> that because happen. they would be admitting that they made an absolute failure. They made a mistake. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. They got they're stuck. They got to so, play him. There's no way you can right. just not but that play doesn't mean Bo. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that Bo has to play. I he think, can say, I "Well, I'm tired of getting hurt." Well, that's coming. I think. I think they'll they'll, they'll play him, and I think the likely scenario he's is he gets hurt again, he's or he's disaster starts, couple disaster starts back to back, and then you'll see. He's already that. Then put him put him on the shelf. And, and, he, and, he, and he's a pussy, so I don't expect him to, to go out there and sacrifice his body for the team. I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. He's never done I it. I, I think he, he, he plays the, even when he abs, even when he was absolutely healthy. Ask Will 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 this this question's from you. Have you ever seen Bo Levi Mitchell after throwing an interception go and make a tackle? Will he's a quarterback. He doesn't. He's a quarterback. He doesn't make tackles. Yeah, he doesn't even run after them. Oh, I threw an interception. That's gone for a TD. Big deal. He has never gone to try well, to yeah, talk. Time to walk remember, off the field. Everybody, everybody complained. Everybody complained that he never ran. Well, he ran last week in Hamilton and hurt his groin. So what do you expect? <laughs> Come on, he's the quarterback. He's a suspect. 
he's a specialist. But I was impressed in the CFL this yeah. week because didn't the kicker get cut this week? I thought a kicker got cut from Yeah, Edmonton. I thought I read it. Edmonton. There you go. That's right. So quarterback plays horrible. So and he got what? Chris Jones is my Chris Jones is my guy. Quarterback plays horrible, so they cut the kicker. Come on. Perfect. No, Chris Jones cut a quarterback. Just not the one that was playing. No, he cut a kicker. They kicked they cut the kicker. No, he, he also cut, cut kick. a kicker. Well, he, he, he kicked it he cut a quarterback. It was today. That Domagala. Yeah, no, but he, he Dom, obviously Domatica or whatever. He obviously realizes he can't have two tall quarterbacks because one doesn't work. How does that sound? Yeah. I don't know. Let's see, let's see what's going on here. I'm just looking it up because the the guy that Joe Gallo was a kicker. You're thinking you're confusing with the quarterback. Was he a for, you're confusing you're confusing with the quarterback for Saskatchewan, Jake Dogala. That's not who got cut. The guy uh, that got cut is a kicker with a similar oh, okay, name. Okay, my bad, my bad. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, yes, that's exactly right. Okay, they 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 cut a kicker. Okay. Okay, my bad, my bad. Yeah, that is Saskatchewan's quarterback. And he's, he's like six foot seven, three hundred pounds, right? And a, a quarterback, six foot eight. Right. Big guy. <clears throat> okay, 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 okay. My bad, my bad. But that was funny. Okay, um, where are we going now on this list? Okay, uh, we've already done the Adam. The Adam Big Big Hill gets fined. Same with Ottawa's. Gary Johnson, and and that was another thing. Why did uh, that? I got yelled at by Bomber fans. Is why did I point out Adam Big Hill's fine and not anything to do with Gary Johnson's fine? Because Ottawa didn't pretend that Gary Johnson was a perennial all star. <sighs> God. Anyhow, okay, let's move on past that one. I, I got no time for that. Uh, Eugene Lewis calls shutout an embarrassment for the Edmonton Elks. And he wants to be targeted more. Okay, well, <clears throat> thank you, Captain Obvious. Uh, and and you know when when a team gets shut out, it's not necessarily because of the defense of the other team was absolutely spectacular. It's more that the team that got shut out was totally and totally and completely anemic. It, it just, how do you not score one point? How can you not get a rouge? How can you not get a, a, you know, something? How can you not get a field goal? I mean, does that mean that you were not, you did not have the ball in the, offense, in the, offensive, the offensive zone? Like, you, you weren't past center? You, you seriously didn't get past center the entire game? How do you not do that? How do you not punt for a single? It's just like, well, I understand firing the, the kicker if he can't punt for a single in a game. Like, they had to score something. It was, it was absolutely ridiculous. So, Eugene Lewis, you're 100% correct. That game was an embarrassment for the Elks. No doubt about that one. Do you want more targets? Well, you have to have a quarterback to throw you the ball. 
the only thing I got to say. You can't have great receivers if you don't have a quarterback. Mm, there's a little yawny tired. Okay, this. Um, Rudy, go ahead on Eugene Lewis's embarrassment at the Edmonton Elks. You can't really well, disagree with him. You can't, but, I mean, you get beat 22 nothing. Honestly, it's best to say nothing because anything you say is just going to add extra fuel to all your critics, and you're going to just add – I mean, your quarterback's already struggling, and, yeah, he probably should be replaced, but you're kind of stuck with him. So, man, keep that behind, keep that behind closed doors. Talk to your quarterback and say, listen, you know what, maybe, you know, talk to your OC and say, hey, you know, in this situation, let's, you know, I can be open in this situation. Get me the ball here or there. And that goes a lot further than publicly, you know, throwing people under the bus. Especially when things are going bad. Yeah, that just makes everything worse. That's that's my thought. You're not not – Yeah, it's absolutely the – Perfect thing to say. It was absolutely well, the perfect thing to say here. Charles. And you know what's going to happen? Go ahead, everybody on this. He should call him out. Sorry, I was going to ask. Go on. I was going to say, now he's going to start forcing the football to Eugene Lewis. So that could be a problem. Now he'll, You know what I mean? That could, that could actually backfire. That's all I have to say. No, go ahead. Okay, well, I, I personally Charles. don't have a pro. I don't have a problem with them, uh, with Eugene Lewis calling them out because, quite frankly, they should be called out because this, it was embarrassing. He he left Montreal. He came there. He wants to win. He doesn't. He didn't go there to to keep losing. I'm not sure why he picked Edmonton. I thought they were going to be any better, but he moved. He wants to win and. In a game where they couldn't move the ball, he had two catches. For a guy that was a uh, outstanding player nominee a year ago, you should be targeting that guy every chance he gets. And especially in a game where you're not moving the ball. But uh, it just took, I don't know. So I don't have a problem with him being pissed off because I probably would have been too. Okay. He didn't go to Edmonton to win, Charles. He went to Edmonton oh, he went for, for $320,000. He enough. went to Edmonton for 320,000 reasons. Okay. Yeah. True. Yeah. He did not go to Edmonton to win. Okay. Okay. All yeah, the more reason though to target that guy. Because he didn't think he was going to win. But, but okay. when you're the highest paid, pay, pay, paid player on your team, yes, he makes more money than Taylor Cornelius. Okay, then you should call people in the league. He should be a leader, right? Right. So no, he makes he makes more money than Taylor Cornelius, the quarterback. Okay, so um, when he's when the have highest you ever seen non-quarterback where, uh, in the league? Yeah, when have you seen a quarterback on a team make more money than his wide or make less money than his wide receiver? Other than other than last year with uh, Nathan Rourke. So, anyways, um, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have to have a leader, and yeah, it's kind of ridiculous that he only got thrown the ball twice, but 
you know what? Maybe I can say, why don't you fucking get open more often? So he can call anybody out he wants to if he's a leader in the locker room. And I'm assuming he is. But it also doesn't help to criticize people when they're down. Because some people respond well, to criticism well, he, and some people and some people I, don't I respond to criticism. He didn't read the article, but he didn't criticize them. You know, or the headline doesn't criticize them. He just says it was he was embarrassed by it. It was an embarrassment. And he's not wrong. He should be he embarrassed. He should be embarrassed. Well, yeah, but why are you right? stating the and, it, and he wants more targets. What? He wants to be he wants to be part of the solution. He wants to be part of it. So I don't really have a problem with him doing this, saying any of that. But I do kind of agree with Rudy is that it, calling out your your teammates is one thing, but calling them out in the media or social media is is not the way to do it. You're not going to adhere to people that way. You're not making friends. You know. I got that book nope. from Dale Carnegie or whoever it is, How to Make Friends and Influence People. And I got like, I've been given like eight copies of it. And uh, I never really got around to reading it. But um, and, it's, and uh, you've read it back to back, back you? That's why you're so good with people. <laughs> I am. I'm so good with people. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, this, it, it, it goes around. It goes around. Okay, so moving on, moving on. Uh, one of the, uh, the best, one, probably the best kick returner of all times in the CFL. It, it, it's hard to argue he's not. Uh, Gizmo Williams. And Gizmo had some comments about Janarian. Grant's punt return TD was great, but it wasn't the best of all times. Just it, no, come on, what what fucking idiot comes out with this line? And I mean, it they they it came out all over the place, and it wasn't just bomber fans. Well, yeah, it was mostly bomber fans, but they can't came out and just said, yeah, okay, it'd be ranked in there, but I don't think it's. It'd be any better than mine because Saskatchewan just missed a lot of tackles. Okay. Um, It was an interesting return, no doubt about it, but it wasn't the longest one in Grant's career. He had a 97 and a 94-yard kick return for touchdown. And this was a 92. Yes, he went sideways on the field. He probably ran for 150 yards. And you have to do that. You, very rare you get a straight shot up the middle or straight shot up the sidelines in a kick return that you're just going to go. Um, it does happen, but it's not very rare. You have to be avoiding people and running all over the goddamn place. And it's, that's why it's one of the most exciting plays in the CFL. And it's something that Will is trying to eliminate, but that's beside the point. Uh, yeah, it's just I, I don't get it. How, how? What idiot thinks that this was the best? I, Brandon Banks has had better returns than that, and I don't like Brandon Banks at all. But you have to admit that the guy had talent. Anyhow, uh, who wants to play on this one? 
I will. I haven't heard that name for a while. I wonder what uh, I wonder what Chick Fil A is he working at? Uh, uh, where? Brendan Beggs, that is. Brendan Beggs, Chick Fil A. <laughs> anyway, I don't care where, um, where he is. Yeah, I don't care where he's working. You know what? Like it, you know what? It was a pretty impressive return because he straight armed a couple of guys, and there was guys that were really, oh, was, really close was, to him. But it was it, awesome. Was it the all-time best? Was it the all-time best? No. All you got to do is look at Gizmo's uh, highlight film, and he was pretty impressive. Okay. Janarian yep. Grant is Janarian Grant, and he has been impressive since he's been in the league. But he's got to be in the league for at least another eight years doing that to be as impressive as Gizmo. Pretty simple. Didn't get. Didn't get someone have more kicks called back than he actually uh, scored on? Isn't that what it was? Could have. But, but every I mean, returner has Gizmo? had that happen to them. Could you imagine yeah. Gizmo on the? Could you imagine Gizmo on the Bombers right now? You get Gizmo. Oh and God! You get, and you get and you get no no oh. and you get Adam Big Hill the uh, the fat gnome. The what's the call it? Yeah, the gnome, the fat gnome. No. What a combination those two would be. Anyways, go ahead. No, that's scary. That's scaring me. I mean, I, Gizmo's got to be in his 50s now, and I, I'd still be concerned about him. I bet you the guy can run like some bitch. Probably. I, me, I don't run. I just, it's just not does not happen to me. If somebody's, I, I got to be really scared to run. Okay, something really big has got to be chasing me before I'm going to start moving quicker than I usually do. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure the guests could just cruise around. But, you know, it, one of the things about this um, this kick return was the fact that they they did throw a flag on it, and the command center reviewed it and said there was no infraction. And there was another... PI call that was no infraction, and that was the chick that threw the flag, and the head referee came back and said, "No, no, 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 no." So, I, you know, there was a, and, and overall, I think this was a very well officiated game. But after the game, everybody's bitching about the officials, whether it's the the Ryder fans or the uh, Bomber fans or whatever else. But as a a neutral party watching the game, I thought the officials did a pretty damn good job. And that was kind of my take on it. Charles, come in here and play with this. Yeah, I don't... Uh, it was a great punt return. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Uh, but it it wasn't the greatest of all time. It, let, let's not oversell all this stuff. Too many people make too many comments and they think it's the greatest of all time. It was a great return. Just leave it at that. It doesn't have to be... Uh, so over the top that you got to compare this and compare that. You got to look at Gizmo Williams' highlight reels and some of the returns where he would make look like he's dead in the water, and then all of a sudden uh, he's behind everybody else and running and so on. But why do we got to compare errors? Why do we got to compare returns? Just just call it what it is. It was a great return, and that's what it was, and it should be. And uh, yeah, uh, enough is enough as far as I'm concerned. It was a great return. Let's just leave it there. 
Correct. Okay. Uh, anybody else who who hasn't gone on this one? I'm kind of reading an email. Uh, you guys, you guys really? covered it. I mean, it was a good, it was a good return. Okay. But it, it was a good return. No question about it. Nobody's denying or disputing that. Uh, I just, I, I just, it blows my mind the arrogance that has been coming out lately. That if it's something to do with the bombers, it's got, it's the best in the world ever. Well, no, and but it doesn't matter. It's one. Ah. It's one it's one person saying something on social media and that's the way the world goes. Now one person says something on social media and it creates a firestorm. So then, then everybody thinks it's the entire fan base. Well, it's not. I mean, no one's, no one's honestly really thinking that besides a few bomber fans, but for the most part, people thought it was a, someone, you know, wants clicks, right? How do you get clicks? You're right. You, you, you say something outlandish and then people that disagree with it still click on that story and comment on it, so they get you that way, right? So, and that's yeah, kind of the world we live in. Yeah, I think it was a John Hodge story, actually. John yeah, Hodge John from Hodge Three Down Nation said that this was the greatest, not even the greatest return of all yeah, times. That's a, that's not even a bomber fan. That's just you know John Hodge. So he wants clicks, right? Yeah, John Hodge is a bomber fan. He will certainly be a bomber fan. Remember how you were yeah, saying what? Uh, Gizmo was Gizmo was almost fifty years old. Actually, Gizmo was fifty-eight years old. Sixty. Yeah. He's almost sixty. He's almost sixty. He's the same age as us. That makes me wow. feel. Old. Yeah, does he still live? Does he still live in Edmonton? Does he live in Edmonton still, or is he? Not yes, he does. Place? He lives in Edmonton. He's a personal yeah. trainer yeah. and a motivational speaker. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he's an all-round good guy. So uh, you know, I got nothing bad to say about the Giz. And I just, I it, it just blows me away that you know people go out and and just nah. The fact that Three Down Nation had put out the article that said that he was the greatest, this was the greatest kick return of all times. Then Three Down Nation goes out and get the Giz to say it wasn't. They're they're. They're contradicting their own articles. It, it, it just doesn't happen in a news. They're media. making their own story. Yeah, they are. Oh, shit, we got no time left in the show. We got no time left in the show, guys. Sorry about that. I just kind of had fun. The last two articles here, we've got our quarterback, Chris Jones, is determined to stick with Taylor Gornitas, despite the elk shutout loss. I don't think that was – now. It was a lot of people's fault. You can't just blame that one on Taylor Cornelius. And the last article was the Friday Night Lights Bombers Raider, Bombers Riders early season meeting produces CFL's largest TV rating on TSN. Well, no, duh. Who's expecting that one? Okay, this has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 535. I've been your host, Chris Jones. Thanks for sticking around and listening to us talk football for the last hour and 20 minutes. I had fun. We just, the thing just went away. Somebody's playing with their phone right now. Anyhow, okay, let's, uh, Charles, say goodnight, buddy. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening and enjoy the games this weekend. Yeah. Rudy? Uh, good night, everyone, and uh, talk to everyone next week. And William. Got good night, everybody.
Good night, everybody. Edmonton better win this weekend because this is the last week I'm picking you guys. I've picked you three weeks in a row, so get your shit together. <laughs> yeah, good night, everybody. You shouldn't have picked. Good Ed- luck with that. You shouldn't have picked Edmonton. You should have gone with T.O. You should have picked T.O. Good night. Yep. <laughs>